Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Doc Vader, the most powerful clinician in the galaxy. You are listening to the Inside the Boards podcast. The force is moderately to severely strong with this one. Vader out. Welcome to the Inside the Boards Study Smarter series dedicated to helping you learn to think like a question writer so you can study smarter, not harder, and succeed on your exam. Welcome to the Inside the Board Study Smarter series for the USMLE Step 1. I am Patrick Beeman, uh, the usual host and former combat gynecologist for the United States Air Force. Uh, Here today with Greg Rodden, our, uh, I don't know, what would we call you? Our, Our fellow host in arms or... I don't know why I have this military theme today, um, but he, he's the host of the Med School Fizz podcast. You've probably heard him on our main channel and this present channel at different times. And importantly, you launched with us the Physiology by Physio podcast uh, just recently, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm now a uh, fledgling physician. Um, just finished up my last clinical day today and uh, get to record a, yet another podcast. Um, so I'm living the dream. Yeah, so listen to that, guys. That's dedication. This is what Greg Rodden and Patrick Beeman, this is what we do for you. We finish the last day of our clinical rotations, and instead of uh, throwing a big party and going crazy, Greg agreed to meet with me for however long this is going to take to um, help you have some more learning on the go, which is kind of our shtick. So thanks, man. That's right. Yeah, and we'll uh, there'll be plenty of partying later. Uh, but for now, we got a little more work to do um, just to get you guys through this uh, fun time in medical school. Yeah, before we get into today's content, which is going to be um, some musculoskeletal related questions, um, I guess tell us a little bit like more personally and conversationally about the physiology podcast and and what we're doing with that and where it's going. Sure. Uh, so the, the newest show in the inside the board suite of podcasts uh, is called physiology by physio. Uh, and the idea behind it is to try and bring together the best of really three different platforms. So number one, uh, physio, they're in the name. Um, so physio, uh, is this fantastic platform that teaches, uh, physiology to medical students at the level that they need to understand both for their classes and for the boards and beyond. Um, they use a variety of teaching techniques like, sorry, whiteboard style lectures, um, kind of similar to the Pathoma format. Um, but then they also use these really cool, um, sketchy style videos as well. And they're able to integrate like pretty seamlessly their sketchy style content with their Pathoma style content. Yeah, totally. At the start of this, let me just point out that we're doing musculoskeletal today. 
And the first full episode of the Physiology by Physio podcast is actually starting strong with muscles. So there's even more of your kind of a fuller explanation and long form of uh, some of the things we'll probably touch on today, or I guess more appropriately, some of the foundational concepts on which what we're discussing today depends. But yeah, like, uh, so what's what's an episode like, um, say that starting strong with muscles, like what can the listener expect who wants to uh, dive deeper and, and do even better on their boards by listening to Greg Rodden teach? <laughs> yeah, so I, I mentioned that uh, we're combining the best aspects of three different platforms. So um, number one is physio, like I mentioned before, but then also what we're doing is we're using like the best audio friendly segments uh, from physio and then kind of weaving those together with portions from my podcast, uh, which is the med school Fizz podcast so that they kind of complement each other and fill in the gaps to provide basically a free high yield um, and well put together product for, uh, for the listener. Oftentimes what I'll do is, uh, is I'll introduce uh, the topic of the episode with a portion from my podcast, and then I'll um, kind of bring in a segment from physio and might do uh, some practice questions together. So it's, um, it's a good mix of uh, three very good resources, uh, physio, med school phys, and then we're able to use the ITB platform to one reach many more listeners than, uh, than we were before. Um, and also to get the best sound quality uh, that we possibly can. Yeah. I mean, Greg, you, you, you're essentially finishing med school today. Like you probably still have to go through your graduation ceremony and collect your diploma, but it's over for you. And so <laughs> for the past four years, you've devoted, well, you've, you've produced at least like 25 to 30 hours of content devoted to uh, reviewing physiology for med school, knowing that how podcasts work, that equates to at least 150 hours of actual work. And, and you've done this over the past uh, really just less than two years. Why? Why do that to yourself? Why do that to myself? Uh, so I, one, I absolutely love uh, listening to podcasts. I consume a ton of media uh, through the podcasting format. Yeah. Um, and I saw that no one else was doing this and I love to teach uh, and I really enjoy physiology uh, and pathophysiology. And so it seemed like a great way to um, combine, you know, three things that I really like uh, into a product that um, hopefully people enjoy and learn from. And I've gotten, you know, plenty of emails and well-wishers uh, along the way. And um, so it seems like I'm doing something right. Awesome, man. Well, that's, uh, that's why I do it too, mostly. So um, kindred spirits, thanks for being on our team and, uh, you know, teaching med students and, and being committed to, to that. That's, uh, it's very laudable. It'll serve you well too as a resident because the students will love you. <laughs> uh, if you have that commitment to teaching, just remember how hard it is when, uh, to be a medical student when you're on day two of, <laughs> uh, internship and, and people are looking, uh, to you for, uh, uh, their learning and, and whatnot, but I'm sure you will. You're, you're also like Rhett and Michael, a good dude. <laughs> Thanks. I, I actually, I really look forward to, uh, to working with students. 
Uh, me too. I, I love that part of, of medicine. So, all right, let's get into this. I'll take this first one. So it's musculoskeletal today, and we have a 14-year-old male uh, is brought to the pediatrician's office because of pain in his right humerus for the past three months. He also reports uh, frequent low-grade fevers, but denies any recent history of trauma. Physical examination reveals mid-shaft swelling over the right humerus, and a biopsy with genetic analysis shows an 11-22 translocation. An x-ray of the right arm is taken prior to the biopsy. Which of the following is most likely to appear on imaging? Is it A, an onion skin appearance, B, punched out lytic lesions, C, focal necrosis surrounded by sclerotic bone, or D, a sunburst pattern? All right, and then the next one, I'm sorry, listeners, I'm going to read the interrogatory first and follow that three or four step process we did before. Uh, as you approach the boards uh, and, and studying for them, it's take the inter interrogatory first, read through the vignette, notice the important uh, uh, negatives and, and positives or um, key features of the vignette, summarize it in your own words, and try to come up with an answer before you read the answer choices. So what do we have here? Got a teenager, male teenager, with problems on his arm that includes swelling. It's located in the humerus, and it was serious enough that they biopsied it, and he's got a genetic translocation of 1122. And we have to figure out which of the following answer choices that are often listed together in review books <laughs> uh, is the appropriate imaging finding for the information that we have here. So, Greg, you take it. What, what, where, where do I go from here? All right. Uh, so, given the fact that, uh, like you said, he has pain in the mid-shaft of his right humerus, he also has some swelling there, episodes of low-grade fever, like basically systemic symptoms. Uh, and then they were even nice enough to give us the genetic translocation, 11 to 22. Um, if you're able to pick out all of that information, it should be ringing bells for a diagnosis of Ewing sarcoma. Now, the of course, the question isn't just asking uh, what was the diagnosis, right? It's asking, all right, well, what finding might you see with this diagnosis on an x-ray? And so Ewing sarcoma classically has the onion skinning uh, appearing lesion on x-ray. So um, let's talk about what that onion skin appearance is. So the onion skinning is from bone reforming in layers, um, like along the diaphysis of a long bone. And Ewing sarcoma occurs along the diaphysis of a long bone. And as the bone is reforming, it's um, it's being pushed out by the tumor. And so you, you develop these layers on top of each other of bone that appear like kind of like an onion skin. Um, and hence the name onion skin appearance on x-ray in a patient with Ewing sarcoma. Okay. So 
What if it doesn't ring bells for <laughs> Ewing sarcoma, the translocation 1122, uh, and the onion skin appearance? Uh, in my mind, I'm just trying to think of a, uh, a mnemonic here and, Sure. So, so one, one that I had, um, and it's kind of a weak mnemonic, but it's what I got is actually 11 to 22. Um, and remembering that Ewing sarcoma is a bone tumor of children, classically teenagers, basically teenage males, ages 11 to 22, uh, is kind of how I try to remember that. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so another, another thing that could help you, maybe get the diagnosis right is remembering where uh, Ewing sarcoma shows up on the bone. Different bone tumors will classically show up at, at different points along the bone, whether it's the diaphysis, metaphysis, epiphysis. And Ewing sarcoma is one that classically shows up in the diaphysis or kind of the central portion of a long bone. And in the question, it mentioned that he has, he has pain and swelling at the mid shaft of his right humerus. So if it's at the mid shaft, then it's definitely in the diaphysis portion of the bone. And so that could help clue you in if they, if for some reason they didn't give you the 11 to 22. I don't know why they wouldn't give you that. But if they didn't give you that information, mid-shaft swelling along the bone and you know it's a bone tumor given his uh, indolent pain and low-grade fever, that might help you make the make the diagnosis as well. So, uh, I mean, are you saying you, you won't get confused with the other um, common uh, bone malignancies or tumors because Ewing's uniquely is uh, diaphyseal and... Um, so it, it can certainly help. It can certainly, especially knowing that Ewing's is the second most common, is the second most common primary bone tumor among, uh, pediatric patients. It's likely to be Ewing's if it's in the diaphysis in a kid, uh, especially on the boards. I assume we're going to cover the number one, uh, of those at some point today. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I, I won't ask any more on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and, and because of that, should we go through these um, distractors or, or let them ride because they'll show up in our other questions? Um, I think it actually would be helpful to go through the distractors on this one. Okay. Uh, so B was punched out lytic or lytic lesions. What's the, what's the big deal with punched out lytic lesions? Sure. So punched out lytic lesions is pretty much a buzzword for uh, multiple myeloma. So multiple myeloma is very unlikely in this case, one given or one giving the 11 to 22 translocation and two, it's a kid uh, with a bone tumor. Multiple myeloma tends to affect older patients. Um, it also, the question stem also didn't mention anything about like that crab mnemonic for multiple myeloma. So if anyone remembers that, that's um, hypercalcemia, renal disease, I think, anemia and uh, bone lesions. Yeah. So the bone lesions are the multiple myeloma tumor cells essentially eating away at, uh, at the bone. Okay. And then next, focal necrosis surrounded by sclerotic bone. So nocal, uh, <laughs> nocal, uh, focal necrosis surrounded by, uh, sclerotic bone. Um, so that one is, uh, more likely to be osteomyelitis, the seeding of a bacterial infection into, uh, into the bone is causing focal necrosis. So the bacteria are eating away at the bone, but then there's like a sclerotic lesion around it. So the, the bone is basically trying to wall off that bacterial infection, um, by, 
sclerosing around it or producing hard bony stuff around it. And that's, that's a pretty classic buzzword for osteomyelitis. Again, the location of the finding will be helpful here. Most of the time in children, osteomyelitis is going to show up in the metaphysis of long bones if it's going to show up in a long bone. Whereas in adults, uh, it's more likely to show up in the epiphysis. And the reason for this is the blood supply going to the bone, serving the end of the bone, um, it, it kind of forces the bacteria out into the metaphysis in children. But in adults, it forces the, it forces the bacteria out into the epiphysis. Or that's where they're, that's where they'll most likely seed. Ah, is that, is that because the metaphyseal like plates close? Yeah. I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty darn sure it has something to do with the physis. So the, the growth plate closes. Um, the physis itself is what closes. Okay. Sunburst pattern? Sunburst pattern. Um, so sunburst pattern is, well, do you remember what this one is? No. <laughs> no. Okay. So sunburst pattern is, uh, the classic buzzword for, uh, osteosarcoma. Um, or the, I kind of lied. I, you remember that one? Yeah. I, I do remember that one. He's legit. He's a doctor. He knows things. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyways, so the uh, the sunburst pattern um, is a classic X-ray finding that you'll see with osteosarcoma, and osteosarcoma is is the most common um, bone malignancy in the pediatric population, but or a lot of the time children with osteosarcoma are going to have an underlying genetic abnormality um something like sorry something like familial retinoblastoma or Lee-Fraumini uh syndrome hmm. so Patrick do you remember what uh Lee-Fraumini syndrome results from and this is just from first aid so sarcomas uh breast uh malignancy leukemia and those of the adrenal gland yeah let's Let's leave it at that. I, I do not want to get into the the weeds of leaf romani. Um oh the so the only other thing that I would mention for um osteosarcoma uh x-ray findings is in addition to the classic sunburst pattern, which is the sunburst pattern um basically occurs when a lesion grows really quickly and the periosteum basically doesn't have enough time to lay down another layer on top of that bone. So instead you have Sharpie's fibers of the bone basically growing out and forming rays of sunshine perpendicular to the surface of the bone such that it looks like like a sunburst pattern. I, I don't know how else to describe it from there. Um, and then another finding that you can see uh, with osteosarcoma is the Codman triangle. Um, and this is due to elevation of the periosteum. And it's for very similar reasons. Um, as the tumor is growing out from the metaphysis of the long bone, um, it can basically form a, a little triangle of tissue along the surface of the bone that they call Codman's triangle. Um, you can see it. I'd just recommend looking up an image of it. Yeah. For a lot of things uh, it, within this subcategory of med school learning, it's important to know it in, in both directions or uh, three directions or uh, however you want to look at that. Because like this question was a 15-year-old kid with arm pain in his bone and uh, translocation 1122. Uh, that's probably all you need to know to get to the diagnosis of Ewing sarcoma. Um, but the associated things, of course, you have to know are the, the x-ray findings. So like an onion skin appearance for that one. Uh, but the question could have been written 
as a 15-year-old kid comes in with bone pain and is uh, uh, mid-humerus, and an x-ray shows onion skinning appearance, which of the following translocations is most likely to be seen on genetic analysis? And then, of course, you'd have to pick uh, you know, 1122 or all the others that, that are out there as well. That might seem like a lot to know, but when it comes to step one, like you can pretty much figure out there that that's probably all you really have to know for step one. Like they're not going to ask you about treatment because if you look in any review book, it's going to have some throwaway explanation like this is treated with uh, excision or uh, something like that. And that's just so nonspecific, it's not really worth testing. Um, so don't get hung up on that stuff. And probably a lot of you aren't and have picked that up as you've gone through and uh, done review questions. But right. Um, all right, let's move on to the next one. All right. And that's all we have for today. On the next episode, we'll finish up some more MSK related questions. And then it is on to cardiology. If you haven't already, click the link in the show notes or go to bit.ly slash paymyusmle to get the details on and to enter our contest whose grand prize will be payment of your USMLE or Comlex examination registration fee thanks to physicianloans.com. And please enter this contest. I mean, for real. I really want people to get on board with the whole hashtag listen, learn, live framework that we're trying to encourage. Uh, because with that, what we're really trying to encourage is healthy balance, especially amongst those uh, stressful times during medical school. So one of the aspects of our contest is for you to uh, post yourself doing things that are non-study or non-med school related, and then just tag us in an Instagram story at inside the boards and use the hashtag listen learn live it's one of the ways you can earn points towards winning the grand prize in this contest download the inside the boards ios beta app give us your feedback sign up for a premium subscription to our audio qbank uh, we'll be actually adding uh, over the next couple weeks uh, some exclusive content, more question dissections like the ones you hear regularly on our podcast, as well as archived uh, episodes of the Study Smarter series. And they'll be ad and announcement free for the most part. So for those of you who are annoyed by me constantly harping on the audio cue bank and things like that, you can remove those ads, <laughs> although we do put them in there so that we can continue the work that we do and bring you the content that helps you study on the go. Stay healthy and study smarter, not harder.